Just real quick, so since we are going into Thanksgiving and I talking with the idea of have you thanked a black woman today? And we've been talking about how, in my belief, you know, um, black women are at the forefront of creating a protopian future, right? Um, definition of protopian, meaning that protopian societies are ones which slowly and steadily improve the quality of life of their inhabitants. And so we are out here addressing major challenges. Um, yes, some of them are uh, relating to climate change, mother nature, um, but disease, um, poverty, right? Um, urban strife and chain, chain supply chain breakdowns. Those, that's just a kind of um, the gist of it, right? And I want to make sure that my uh, examples are very uh, practical. Uh, and so you're wondering, well, how is it that black women are creating this protopian future? Why should I think of black women, you know, especially, I think, other women and how there's a disconnect? And one of the inter interesting stats, I believe I heard it from Simply Said, she was playing a um another person who was talking about how black people drive trends to the to the sound of one trillion dollars per year right so we're we are movers and shakers, and because black women are are so downtrodden and disrespected on a global scale, even from other sisters where we're supposed to have a sisterhood. Um, when we have conversations about elevating, it's gonna spill over into other areas. And it's even things like when, when black women are talking about like the passport boys, right? We're letting those men go, <laughs> right? I think it's really kind of hilarious if, if you're going to spend thousands of dollars to go somewhere else for something that you really can get close to close to you that's in your circle that <coughs> I don't, I don't really fully understand all of the thought process behind it you know but because a lot of us black women are um having those conversations about what's happening in our community right the the treachery, the betrayal, um, it kind of just speaks to, you know, our women are not good enough because they're too masculine because they are too independent because they're too, you know, their standards are too high. At some point in time, um, when these men go to these other places like Colombia, right, and Argentina and the Philippines and... um and trickle over into other cultures, we're saying this is a problem, right? They're going to you because they want you to clip their toenails or to to just kind of like take on that abusive nature. They're not bringing you back and marrying you or having a loving relationship with you. A lot of the times, if they do, you know, they'll even talk about the manipulative aspect of it. It's kind of like, 
well, I'll, ha I'll keep her over there. I don't want to bring her to the United States because now I'm going to have to treat her like, an, uh, like a human being. Or you will hear the stories where these older men go to these other countries to get a woman that can be their caregiver and that they can have sex with, right? Um, and we talk about how, you know, it's part of sex tourism. And so even though we're having those conversations as black women within ourselves and we're envisioning a better future, right? Something that's going to be better for our children and it's going to take steady um, incremental um, improvements on how we value ourselves, right? And understanding that our value lies in our high standards. And if that means that it drives those type of men out of our vicinity, we have to be at peace with that. That's part of being a queen. You're not going to worry about what the pawns or the minions think. Right? Because your whole thing is to attract a man, a king that has systems in place, that is futuristic thinking, that appreciates quality and puts things in place to create a quality lifestyle, right? And at some point, the women in these other countries are going to have to sit down and say, wait a minute. These men are coming to me because they think that my values are low. They think that my morals are low. They don't see me as a human being. They just view me as something for their bodies. They're not trying to understand, you know, I'm out here doing this for my family so we can have food on the table. And that they are coming to me for deprived reasons. And so it's going to start a trickle-down effect where it's kind of like, hopefully there's that mother that says, I'm not going to send my daughter out there to be abused. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure she has an education to become an engineer or become a nurse or a doctor and yeah, I would still like for her to, to send the money back home, but I don't want that for my daughter. Or there's going to be that sex worker that's going to say, you know what? I am more than just my body. I'm a human being and I'm not going to allow this relationship to go on any further where I can just be bought for a bag of rice. I will clean houses if I need to or, you know, find another area of work if I need to. But I, I have more value. And and you start to understand how sacred that exchange is, right? And you start to understand that that is a gift that should be only given to those who are noble, right? Back in the days, they used to have the king and queens and the nobles. Uh, and you had to be of noble character and worthy to even go into the realm of, of marriage, right? Marriage just became a, a recent everyday 
thing to satisfy and satiate the sexual urges of, of men, right? From the higher powers that be. And they put it under the the guise of Christianity and the church. And, you know, the idea that every man will now have access to a woman. But that's how the trickle-down effect happens, right? If we're talking about passport boys, it's only going to be a matter of time before the women that are out there, you know, start to understand their values. And it has to be a little bit, I wouldn't say demoralizing, but it's kind of like a wake-up call when you start to realize that, you know, predatory uh, behaviors where it's kind of like, well, the women over there are not going to allow us to. Like, I still remember um, this whole Antonio Brown thing that happened where he went to Dubai and he was putting his, his naked butt in a woman's face. And um, sometimes they talk about like urinating on the women and defecating on the women. And they intentionally leave the United States of America to go to other places to do this to other women because there's there's no protection for those women. And at some point, there has to be a trickle-down effect of the conversations that Black women are having about the humanity of their women. Black women right now are having conversations about the femicide rates, right? And domestic violence and the the role of the church in further instigating these messages. Uh, there was a clip that Princella played the other day. The pastor was saying, you know, a man cannot say that his wife raped him or <laughs> excuse me, that he, that he raped his wife. Right. And so the the wifely duties are no longer, you know, to love and to cherish and to hold. It's you are here for my solely for my sexual gratification. So even the conversations that are black women are having about, you know, the uh, genital mutilation of the little girls in Africa. Right. And the spreading of disease that happens when um, these older men sleep with these younger women, right? The tribunal union of women, <laughs> tribunal of women, black women who are at the forefront of this, it has to make a better world for the place, for the, has to make the place a better world for those women and for other women who don't even begin to appreciate how fully they're able to rest in their femininity, right? Um, but back to the passport boy thing, it's kind of like, at some point, you know, it's going to, I was going to talk about, and um, it's in my womb space, I want to do a podcast, but I think it's coming out in little pieces, right? Um, How... Anytime you have a black woman in your presence, and, and, and we still have low vibrational in our community, we do. Um, but for the most part, when you have a black woman in your community, she's there to raise the vibration. Because when you start to talk about, um, you know, 
um, with the with the Colombian thing, at some point in time, a woman or a man or someone in that community is going to say, "Listen, you think you can come here and demoralize." And you don't view our mothers and our sisters and our aunties as human beings. You think you can come here. So now those men are going to step into a role of, you know, protect and provide. I know there's one of my favorite content creators makes the assertion that men are not, they're not really programmed to protect and provide. They're actually here to conquer and destroy, right? It's the women that protect and provide. But it's going to, at some point, hopefully sooner than later, incite something in the men or evoke something in the men in places such as Colombia or Thailand or Korea or Mexico or in other cultures where it's like, wait a minute, we don't want our daughters and our nieces and our cousins and our moms and our sisters to be experiencing the the suffering at their hands. Let's protect them. Let's put things in place to make sure that they're not viewed as as prey. They're not viewed as just, uh, you know, there for sexual gratification and they're not here to be exploited. Right? And so then once they start to delve into those type of of um conversations, understanding that a society cannot rise any higher than the lowest of its women, right? Now you start to have a, uh, conversations about, well, let's educate our our girls so that they can go into these jobs where they have coding, they can become lawyers and doctors. Anytime you start to add an increase of lawyers and doctors and nurses. Remember what I was talking about, I've been making the assertion that black women are at the forefront of driving a protopian future. Protopian future is one which uh, slowly and steadily improves the quality of life for their inhabitants. So once you start educating your girls, right? Now you're teaching them about their self-worth, their self-value. Okay. And now you can affect these things that, um, even though he t- he coined these this term, Kevin Kelly uh, coined this term protopia, now we can address, we're going to have little girls that are addressing the climate change issues in there in places like Colombia, right? Colombia has great coffee. Um, we talk about like the Philippines or, you know, all of these other places that they're, that they're going to. How can they effect better change, right? That does on a higher level, like on a whole. I think climate change, that word can just kind of make people go like, oh, it feels like unattainable. Okay, but let's go down this list again. Disease. So now we're going to have more nurses and doctors and and more of our, our young girls and all around the world because of this conversation that black women are having, right? How do we make sure that we don't suffer from heart attacks and strokes and or obesity or high blood pressure, right? 
why why are why are our families poverty why are we pimping out our daughters you know for bags of rice where is the father you know why is the mother allowing this but if we set up pla- things in place where our daughters can become self-sufficient the same thing that's happening here in America can happen for those those baby girls over there too because now it's like if you get yourself an education to where you can become self-sufficient because a lot of people get really scared with this word independent all right let me calm your let me quell your fears let's just get baby girl to set you know financially self-sufficient right because you one of the things that they talk about in relationships is you don't want to go into a relationship where you're codependent because when you're codependent, that means you cannot exist without without the other person. And and if if it's not healthy, it can really end up being the sucking energy where it's draining the life out of you, right? If it's not healthy. If it's healthy, then you know it's it's symbiotic and it's reciprocated. But if you're dealing with um now this this girl has been valued enough to say we want what's better for our daughter we're going to pour our resources into her to make sure that she has everything she needs to thrive in school and now she is able to become self-sufficient okay independent but y'all be like (laughs) y'all get chills every time we use the word independent but if she's in a scenario where she can become self-sufficient she's not gonna be marrying a male or a person that's going to sub do that to her daughter to her children she's not going to be looking for a partner that's going to pimp her her daughter out She's going to want someone in that relationship who is going to contribute to making sure that those children also get everything they need to be self-sufficient, upstanding citizens, right? And so that means that the quality of the man that she's going to be looking for is going to be not your everyday person, not a man who's going to... Because you have to kind of think about it how when I was talking earlier about how... Um, unfortunately here, and that I've heard the, I could cut, I can cut and paste the soundbite for you. Someone will say, well, get your baby and get your check. No, the check is not for you. The check is for that child. The check is for that child to go to a private school, to be in piano lessons, gymnastics, music lessons, art lessons, to get mentoring, tutoring, to pour those resources into that child, that, that, the check coming from that, the child's father is not you know for you and so but think about it there are people in colombia and argentina in mexico of philippines um thailand who will procreate have have you know use another woman's womb to create a natural resource that they can pimp out. So now, you know, you're having four and five children and you'll send the boys out to the landmines, to the to the mines, 
so they can crawl into teeny tiny places and and extract the gold and the 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 diamonds and the I think is it like it's not silica but there was a there was a, a mineral that was being used for jewelry and makeup and I remember one of my favorite makeup people uh makeup brands they stopped covering they stopped um selling this uh it was like a powder and I did the research on it and I came to find out god bless them the reason they stopped using that mineral was because the way that it was extracted is these little small children would be sent down into these holes and sometimes the babies wouldn't be making it out because the 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 caves would collapse these these are children they don't understand engineering or when something is going to cave in but they would send these kids in because they were small enough to cave to dive down in there and so if you are sending your sons out to that and then you are like oh well we have um three daughters Okay, so let's start pimping them out because there are men who come here who are sexually deprived and they don't do that in other um, countries because in America, the standards are high, you know, um, and so they come and practice sex tourism here and you pimp out your eight-year-old child and now you have an eight and nine and a 10-year-old 11 and so now those are three bags of rice that you have in your house. And so this man will go and subjugate this woman have her have these children and now pimp his own children out y'all <laughs> trying to stay away from this dark energy <laughs> Let's go to the next one. So, how are black women driving, you know, a protopian future? Starts off with the conversations. All is mind. We're working on our mindset. We're healing before we replicate. And if we're at the bottom, these conversations are trickling. Trickling up, right? Some of you have heard of the trickle up or the trickle down effect. The irony is we're the mothers with the Eve genetics, right? These are our sons. Next one is urban strife. So we talked about poverty and how, you know, for the Colombian man, the best thing he can do is get a, a young fertile wife that can give him three daughters so he can get three bags of rice and he doesn't have to work because he can pimp out his, his daughters at an as early as the age of eight or whatever these predators want. Poverty. And so it's important that if the, the, the women become self-sufficient, they can choose from better quality men. And God forbid that they confine themselves to the same thing that we are doing in the black community. 
they're going to get to the point where maybe if the men in their area haven't figured out to go to school, to be futuristic thinking, they're going to have to date out. Okay? Urban strife. Um, a lot of the black women content creators that I've been listening to, a healthy portion of them, right? Because we all have our areas of, of special... Uh, we all have our areas of expertise. And that's one of the things I love. It makes me much more well-rounded. But we talk about urban strife. Why is it that we're toe-tagging each other? You know, why are we killing our own sons and daughters, right? I One of the first podcasts I did earlier this year was about, um, you know, I have my two babies, my Grace and Gray. Grayson Gray was a six-month-old little boy. And I have a podcast up there with his name and everything in his picture. If you were to ever to see one of the most beautiful babies with the biggest, brightest eyes, so full of life, conceived in love, such a bright future... No longer here with us because some 18-year-old was shooting at another vehicle trying to take them out. And the little baby got caught in the, in the crossfire. He was in his car seat in his mom's car. And it struck him in the head. We're talking about urban strife where like even with Shanquilla... Things have to change. How do you get to a level where your own friends set you up and and annihilate you? Urban strife. How do we get to a point where you lose at a basketball game and it's worth you taking that person's life? Heard a story the other day. The um, in most of the, you can see most of these on Black Girl on Lost, right? How do you get to a point where you're smoking in the house? Who does that? You everybody knows rule one well knows one oh one. You don't smoke inside the house because the house retains odor and scent. I remember I used to work as a realtor, and uh, excuse me, pardon me, <laughs> pardon me. Um, I went to this, I was showing a house and it smelled like, um, Chinese food. And it was so, um, I felt like I walked into a Chinese restaurant. The house was completely bare. It did have carpet, but it held on to that scent, right? And so that's one of the reasons why you're not supposed to smoke indoors because the, the walls, the wood, holds on to scent the carpet holds scent so if you're renting and or you know in a hotel or in your own home those are not the most pleasant but anyways so now we have a grandmother a daughter and a granddaughter who are no longer here with us because one of them told him to stop smoking in the kitchen urban strife um 
So when we start to have these conversations about, you know, why are we doing this to each other? How do we stop it? Other people, the world is watching. And this is, you know, there used to be a time where we could try to do the healing, you know, but the world is watching. And I really, really am so proud of the sisterhood because we are moving differently. And I'm just going to say it differently than the black men, because I think that the black men are still kind of in a phase where they're wanting, you know, uh, assistance from people who it's not in their best interest to assist them, right? And so what I love about this new wave of black women is that we're like, you know what? No one is coming to save us. There is no savior. There is no God. We have to save ourselves. We have to help ourselves. We have to heal. We have to figure out in all of this stuff how to get out on the other end of this better. Um, and then the other one, the last one, and then I'm going to close out here, is um, it was talking about uh, part of the utopian, protopian future is that they deal with major challenges, which he talked about climate change, disease, poverty, urban strife, and supply chain breakdowns. And that one is a very interesting thing too, because um, I'm not going to have time to go into it here, but when we start to talk about population, overpopulation, underpopulation, um, chain supply in terms of natural resources and goods and um and people being a natural resource, personnel, right? Human resources. Um, and you start to talk about who is controlling, you know, the, the supply and what are the intentions of the, 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 the head, like the brains, right? The intellect and, and the masses of people. You have people at the top who are thinking of systems for the future and the the bodies that are going to make those things happen. And it's one thing when you have an overpopulation of people that are muscle, but it's another thing when because you have so many people who are muscle and are a labor force that really truly could get the ball rolling and get us to the moon and, you know, um push out of uh make a lot more homes and push out a lot more models of electric vehicle cars. But if though that population is so overpopulated that now we're just concentrated on killing each other, it, now you start to have to have to ask questions. Okay. So I, my heart is with the black women, you know, um, and I'm going to continue to pour in as much as I can. I don't ever want to become disconnected, I think, from black women as a whole in terms of, you know, making sure that we're uplifted, that we're motivated, that we're steadily improving. And, you know, my favorite phrase is every day in every way, I'm becoming a better person, um, better version of myself. The 1% rule every day, 1% better. And the more I improve, the more, you know, it will improve the life for the people around me. Still remain committed to be the best daughter, the best sister, the best friend, the best auntie. (laughs) 
Um, and, and at the right time, if it is fit to be the best companion, to be a catalyst, right? Even if it's for a fleeting time, I couldn't tell you how many countless um, people I meet throughout the day. I don't have a nine to five. I've tra transcended that. I don't have a nine to five. But when I, you know, put on my slap, my sandals and put on my racerback tank dress with my little bikini and I get out there, you know. And I talk to people sometimes they, you know, keep coming back to the well of water to the temple of my mind, okay? Or whether it's just someone I meet in the store at the gas station or, you know, out about at the mall, the store, at a museum, right? And... It takes a lot of inner work. Like I've mentioned, it, this some of this stuff is is um not easy to deal with. And um, with that being said, <laughs> you know, have you thanked a black woman today? Because I'm telling you, I've kind of implied it before too. If they're having to deal with content, like especially this one, I'm gonna like low key kind of um dedicate to um the content creator. Um, black girl unlost. The that content is not easy, and yet and still. She's affording us the opportunity to have a microscope for the rest of us that have our assignments, right? I don't, not that it necessarily matters, but I'm just thinking of the body, right? The collection, the collective body and how we disseminate information because they connect to information. And so she gathers, she aggregates the information, she pieces it together and puts it on display and then the rest of us can come in and look at the socioeconomic aspect of it, right? The what, How poverty is playing a role in it, how it contributes to urban strife, right? How do we break out of that to improve the supply chain? How do we make better choices? How do we become better people? How do we, because sometimes it shows that some people, some people are just straight up demonic. Like you could really legit just be playing basketball or going to the store, going to the mall and they will, you know, assault you for no reason. But some of it comes down to we entertain low vibrational, excuse me y'all, that is, listen, did that sound gross? <laughs> I'm sure that sounded gross. Oh my god. It's cuz I was drinking my alkaline water and it has the um emergency bubbly thing and then I'm doing a lot of talking. So gross. I apologize. And I'm not going to go back in here and, and um, cut it out. I'm not. 
at some point I'll get an assistant and I'll just be able to put a flag on her and she'll come in and take it out for me. But oh my god, I'm like low-key embarrassed. I'm like kind of blushing a little bit. But um, <laughs> now I'm distracted. <laughs> Let me go. I'm at my 35 minute mark. But um, you know, so she she is the person who puts it on the exhibit, and so some of us will talk about the health you know, the quality of life. Like even when I think about the mom that the they told her, they told the guy not to smoke in the kitchen and he, he, um, he stabbed to death his, um, I don't know what the relationship was to them, but he stabbed um, uh, a grandmother, a mother and the, the grandbaby. And, um, so when you talk about even quality of life, a lot of these older women, they should be, we should be, you know, when you talk about think of black women, they've done their part in life. They've raised us children. We need to pour back into them and make sure that they are, you know, in like when I say senior homes, like they have senior homes where they can be playing games and going for their walk and, you know, have concerts come, you know, people come in for concerts and keep them busy with activities um, not, they don't need to be here. You know, there was a video showing of, of this daughter and her husband and the two little children trying to force their way into her house, knowing, um, that the house is probably paid off. She's not, you know, it's going to be a good long while before she asks them for utilities and, to pay, help pay, you know, because it's kind of like, well, she, she, the house is paid off, so she doesn't have a mortgage, so why would she ask us for rent? And so then now this woman, instead of being able to just watch reruns of 60 Minutes on her TV with her warm comforter and her warm tea and have Mr. Johnson come visit her if he, she wants to, or have her girlfriends Viola and Henrietta come in, play a, a card of games and, and, go on a cruise or something. Now she's having to have a whole grown man in her house with with the, you know, and, and the thing is, it's not, it's not that it's the family relationship that they're leeching off of her, right? I know some people have probably have a, like a little bit of a, a problem with what, what all of that means, but it's not, they don't have the best intention. They're not there to be like, well, you know what? We can't pay rent, but we'll make sure the house is clean. We'll fix things up around the house. You know, he'll fix fix the electricity, make sure the kids are put to bed in, on time. And it, it's it's not the the altruistic version that some people live. It's really because because one of two things could happen. It's kind of like, well, she's supposed to be happy in that role, and, and you know, or do we protect the the grandmother. I don't know. Some people would say she's not, she's just being dramatic, dramatic, but I don't know. I, that's something I have to kind of sort out because to me, the honorable thing to do would be to make sure that she has done her part, right? And she needs to relax. But some people would say, well, part of being a woman is to nurture your children. I don't know, y'all. This is not a good note to end it on. But let me go now. Um, oh my gosh, I have one more minute. So yeah, it's I'm going to head on out. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go work out. And I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye.